0: With the first pick in the D.A. Draft.
1: Welcome to With the First Pick Podcast. Glad to be joining you all. My name is Danny. I'm here with Taylor and Jose. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing well, Danny. H- happy Fourth of July weekend to you guys. Did you guys do anything for the Fourth of July weekend? I mean, I know we're on lockdown, but did you were you all able to do anything at all?
2: I lit a sparkler.
1: That's, that's I,
2: awesome. I, w- I wasn't supposed to, I think. That's
0: okay.
1: Yeah, and fireworks were illegal in a lot of LA County, but I feel like I saw so much fireworks last night. I just, just, found just ignored out, that. I just found out
2: today, so I, I didn't find out until after 4th of July. How
1: about you, Taylor?
2: I think a
0: sparkler is okay. Um, I don't know what I'm allowed to do. I don't even know if I'm allowed to admit to anything that we did. But I, I played some video games with my son. We watched. You know we just watch videos all the time you know the Sydney loves frozen so I think I've seen that movie at least four or five times this weekend did you but catch, I don't
1: did you catch Hamilton <laughs>
0: not yet I gotta catch him I feel like the only one who hasn't really caught it this weekend I feel I feel like I'm yeah. letting
2: everyone down
1: man Taylor come on Jose you you caught it of course yes Got a
2: little Hamilton watch party
1: yeah we recommend we recommend everyone watch Hamilton We want to cover some NBA news. So obviously with the coronavirus still in full effect and and the numbers increasing in our country, we've also seen positive tests that have been happening in the NBA. Recently, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Nuggets, the Heat, the Clippers, the Nets have all closed their facilities due to positive tests. And you have players like Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan talking about their experiences, talking about some frustrations about them having to report to New York prior to the bubble and them feeling like they might have contracted the virus during travel. On July 2nd, the Players Association released some stats around the testing that has been occurring. Uh, Some of the testing has been happening between June 23rd and June 29th. And out of that first round of testing, 351 players were tested, and only 25 had a positive test, and staff members were also tested. And that number was, was higher out of 884 in terms of people tested, only 10 were positive. So overall, you have 1,000 folks being tested who are going to this bubble and, and are being tested uh, around the virus. And you only have 35 positive tests. So in, in one sense, you know, obviously, you don't want to see any positive tests, but that is a good sign. The NBA um, is hoping that they can make sure that everyone in the bubble has a negative test. In fact, Shams uh, had a tweet this week that the NBA will not allow a player to travel with their team if they get a negative, um, if they get a positive test between July 7th and July 9th. Those are the last days that they will be testing prior to going into the bubble. And in order for them to rejoin the team, they have to actually have three consecutive negative tests. So, again, the NBA is taking this very seriously. They're trying to minimize as much positive tests leading up to the bubble uh, to ensure that no one within the bubble has this because, again, one, one positive test within the bubble. Uh, can mean all sorts of negative things and maybe even cancel the season. So you're seeing a lot more news out of the NBA um, around coronavirus, around testing, Um, not only because we're getting closer to the bubble, but again, just the uptick of tests, um, positive tests that are arising in our country.
2: From what I've heard, each team has to choose between 36 members of their staff. I know for us as Laker fans, we already had one of our own assistant coaches, Lionel Hollins. He's not going to be traveling with the team. Um, because of his health and um, potential old age. So the Lakers are going to have to figure it out. And other teams are going to have to figure it out how they're going to coordinate their staff um, to fit into the bubble.
0: Yeah, that's the key. It's just minimizing the impacts to the bubble and hopefully – when these players get there, there's a level of feeling like, hey, I'm safe, and I don't have to worry every minute of every day that I'm going to be getting the coronavirus, and that it's going to be impacting me either in the short term or the long term. And so hopefully, you know, as the cases go up across the country here in the US, the bubble can still stay intact where they can minimize this. And so we can watch some basketball and feel like, hey, these players are safe, these coaches are safe um, to the best of, you know, the ability that the NBA can do.
1: On July 22nd, though, the NBA did say that every team is going to have three scrimmage games prior to the season start. Uh, These opponents are going to be opponents on the opposite conference or an unlikely playoff opponent. So you are not going to be able to scout, you know, a team that you're likely going to place in the playoffs. So um, there will be some basketball. The only thing is that that basketball will not be streamed or televised. Uh, It's likely that the players, you know, a lot of them haven't seen a court in a while and they likely want to kind of get that going, want to get back into the rhythm and don't necessarily want to make it public yet. They want to be prepared for that first game, but every team will have three scrimmage games prior to the season restart.
2: You guys are telling me you guys don't want to see the Clippers versus uh, the Washington
1: Wizards. <laughs> Maybe. May, I don't even know if I want to see that once the season yeah. actually starts.
0: Scrimmage, regular season, who knows? It's I'm curious to see like these players, they probably haven't played a lot together. And so just yeah. getting in some scrimmages to be able to either one, run some new off- offensive wrinkles that these coaches have been thinking about for months, trying to wait till they can finally install. Um, and then hopefully to get up their conditioning a little bit and be in a little bit of a game-like setting. Um, so hopefully they can be ready, you know, come end of July to get and, going.
1: And we talked about this, I mean, Jose, before we started the podcast, we talked about our acquisition of J.R. Smith. I'm sure other teams have new acquisitions of like playing together as a team and what that looks like, right? No, so yeah, I get, get it.
2: Yeah, I get it. Because, I mean, I think you even heard Chris Middleton said he hasn't – he hasn't picked up a ball in like three months. I know for myself, I went shooting around for the first time last week and I was, I was not in good shape guys. So I could, <laughs> I mean, and I only had to, I only had to shoot for like 10 minutes. So these yeah. guys having to go and play full games, it's going to be intense.
0: So nothing's really changed, Jose. So <laughs> the your game is still the same months later, you know, still didn't the get same, better guys. without
1: shooting. Yeah. Taylor, you're going to have to <laughs> wait a few more days though, for someone who is in shape to play basketball, you're going to see the brand new, what? James Harden losing 20, 25 pounds. You're going to have to wait a little bit to see that happen.
0: I think it'll be so fun to see which players like everyone. It feels like everyone lost weight. I think we talked about this last week, um, but it'll be really fascinating to see which players have they gotten. You know, they lo- do they look better? Um, do they look sluggish? Do teams look better or worse with this layoff? I think that's going to be one of the most fascinating storylines come play off a regular season here as we get picked up soon. Definitely. So as we
1: shift conversations to some other stuff, I want to, I want to just kind of get us going with a little bit of a, a fun iceberg. I just want to throw a question out there for you all. What's your guys' take on, uh, Theme parks, you know Disneyland. Since we're going to Disney World, would you guys take your kids anytime soon? What are you thinking uh, about theme parks? What what is your general mindset? And
0: and we're talking post COVID here, right, Danny? We're talking. Okay, (laughs) that's a good one. I haven't really thought about it. I think sometimes I always like to wait and see, like what the impacts are like. Um, I know in the U.S. we can't even agree on wearing masks, and and so I'm curious to see Southern California, Florida you know, how is that going to impact whether people go or not? And how is it going to is it going to spread? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm not sure. I just want them to like, open like this. How room. long? Yeah. You, have, you,
1: have, you have kids, right? So how long?
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like the <laughs> prices are, first of all, I don't think the prices are going to be coming down. It's going to take longer to come in. They're probably gonna do some temperature checks. You're probably going to be able to not bring in as many things. Um, and then you're going to be so worried about waiting in line. I wonder how these lines are going to be you know, how are they going to set those up? I heard fast pass is no longer going to be a thing because they don't want everyone touching those buttons <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> or whatnot. So maybe it's good. I mean, maybe for someone like myself, who's, who's more of a casual, who goes maybe once every couple years, maybe this is my time to go because all the regulars are going to say, Hey, this, I can't do this anymore. Uh, maybe we'll make for a better experience. I don't know. I, I, I don't think 2020 for me
1: I'd look to see if the numbers 2021 be the soonest. So we have a regular here. Jose, you're a regular, right? You have a Disney pass guys. I think I'm done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been
2: on the phone with Disney a couple times, been on hold when, when you're on hold with Disney, you, they're just playing Disney music the whole time. But I've been on hold trying to get a refund of my Disney pass. Cause here's the thing. The day that Rudy Gobert, uh, the NBA shut down, I was at Disneyland that day. <laughs> so, and I was already worried that day. I, I got, Cause you're already just you kind of just like you kind of just know something's gonna happen soon, and it was my niece's birthday. My family wanted to go, so we still went. But that night, that night, that's when Rudy go, the Rudy Gobert thing happened. and We were like, "Oh man, we cannot do anything." We were like,
1: "I hope we're okay right now." Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, my my wife is a Disneyland pass holder. She actually canceled hers in July. I think you guys stopped paying at some point, right? But she she chose not to renew her. We have a baby coming in August, so that was already out of the question. She would like to take our our baby girl one day, but I actually hate theme parks. I, I <laughs> hate them. So I used to work at Universal Studios Hollywood. After my experience there, I just hate all theme parks and actually ch- hate hate the change of elevation. So I don't like roller coasters. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything like that. So I probably will not be going to a theme park in a while um, until maybe my kids are older, like yours, Taylor, and, and start to force me to go. Well, sometimes uh, it's fun, Danny. You might like,
0: sometimes theme parks are more fun when you get to watch it through, you know, your kids' eyes. You're not always doing it through
1: yours. Listen, so I'm hopefully- going <laughs> to let my wife and some of her friends go, and then they can just record it and show it to me. <laughs> <I hate laughs> you know that much. It's a good All call. Right. All right, so today we're going to continue our drafting the franchise series with the Miami Heat. Uh, We chose the Miami Heat after choosing it. Part of me had a little bit of regret because I had a lot more challenges with this team than I feel like I even had with the other two teams that we've done so far. Uh, I'm really excited because this could go in all sorts of ways. But yeah, what what was your initial thought as as you all researched this?
2: It's very top heavy and then it just like falls off a cliff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a real big cliff.
2: You know,
0: I did, for me, I didn't realize the Heat had had started, I think, late 80s, sort of when they came into expansion. And so mm-hmm. I thought they, had, yeah. so sometimes you're thinking like, hey, these teams have such this big history and it's only like the Raptors and the Grizzlies as far as just starting recently. Um, but there are some teams, there's a few others that were in that expansion era just a few years earlier. And so it doesn't go back as far. And so you're thinking about the recent LeBron, Bosh, Wade years, and that is, you know, that's <laughs> that's like pretty much their history so yeah. um, it was definitely fun I think we talked about a little bit Danny seeing how we're going to go here you're sort of getting me riled up a little bit so we'll I look forward to this draft and seeing where, where we're yeah. going
1: to go yeah I'm excited too uh, I think the big thing that made it hard for me was I have the first pick so I have the first pick this week I'm picking third this
0: week and Jose's, oh, Jose's picking Jose's second. second
1: yes that's right so I have the first pick this week uh, so let's get going. With the first pick, I'm going to go controversial here. I'm going to take LeBron James. I'm going to take LeBron James. He was with the Heat for four seasons. You should see Taylor's face right now just shaking <laughs> his head really hard. We'll get into that debate in a second. But LeBron, he was with the Heat for four seasons. He averaged 26.9 points, 6.7 assists, 7.6 rebounds. Listen, people like Taylor and maybe some other Miami fans, Miami Heat fans, are going to be butthurt about me not picking Dwayne Wade. I get that. Here's the thing. If you were to go back to 2014 when they lost to the Spurs and you had that fork in the road, and if I were to ask any Heat fans, would you rather have for the next five years, if you had to pick one, LeBron or Wade, I feel like people would pick LeBron. And I feel like that's what it came down to. In fact, Dwayne Le- Dwayne leaves, anyway, like two years later. And I get that. I get that there's a symbolic attachment to Wade with him and Shaq and the 05 title and drafting him. But here's the thing. Like, LeBron James is arguably the best player or second-best player in NBA history, and you had him at the height of his prime. You know, before LeBron was with the Heat, you know, there was a lot of questions about him and his tenacity and whether he wanted to win, and he was really a winner. And he goes to the Heat, and he's in his prime, and he leads you to four straight NBA Finals. He wins two titles. He wins two NBA Finals MVP. And he's the only player in Miami Heat franchise history to win the league MVP. And he does it twice with the Heat. So by winning it those two times, LeBron actually placed himself in the top tier of NBA players that have won the MVP four times or more, along with Will, Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, and Kareem. This is where LeBron, to me, was at the pinnacle of... of, It was the beginning of his prime. Uh, He wasn't LeBron until he joined uh, Miami. To me, it's clear, even to... I feel I would feel like to most Miami Heat fans like who was the leader of this team when I think about them being down 3-2 to the Celtics in 2012 it was LeBron who dropped 45 grabbed 15 rebounds on a road in the road in an elimination game he provided other big games he hit a huge three in game four of 2012 finals when he was going through cramps he scored 37 points and grabbed 12 rebounds in game seven of the 2013 NBA finals where they beat the Spurs. He played only four seasons with the Heat, yet he's number one in franchise triple-doubles, minutes per game, points per game, player efficiency rating, win shares, defensive, offensive, and overall box plus minus, and efficiency all around. So, I don't know. I I feel like I had to lay this case down because (laughs) I'm not picking Wade. I mean, he's probably the best player available
2: as far as in in the GOAT status, but I don't know if I agree with that, and I'm thankful that you... uh left Dwayne Wade there for me in the second pick
0: yeah Danny that was a really long speech talking about how dumb you were for picking (laughs) up for Dwayne Wade um I think you made look you made a great argument in terms of how great he was and how just an all-time great he is Dwayne Wade has pretty much more of everything in every category whether it's you know games points you know minutes wins steals assists rebounds and all that just what he meant to that team I think he 10 plus all-stars with the heat, he won the first championship without LeBron with, you know, with Shaq and just, he came back after he left for the Bulls and just what he did in terms of for that franchise. I mean, he's pretty much been the guy, right? I just can't believe you picked it. Last week we talked about this. We talked about Kevin Durant and Steph and, you know, I picked Steph first, even though Kevin Durant arguably in his prime, you know, was the finals MVP, the most dominant player in the world in, in those championships. But Steph is the Warriors, and I feel like the same here's thing. Here's the difference. With, if I were with... to
1: ask you right now, if you're a Warrior fan, would you take Steph or KD for the next five years?
0: Look, LeBron was there for four years. He came in, he won his championships. But with, right now, let's Steph. say if
1: you were a Warrior fan, who would you take? Steph? They or would KD? take Steph.
0: Yeah, it's Steph. They wouldn't even think about it.
1: That's what I'm saying. But I feel like Miami, fan, Miami Heat fans would have picked LeBron to stay overweight. Yeah. Maybe. I just feel like I mean, he, he's an older player too, so <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. It's like hey, right, who would you pick? LeBron or Wilt? Oh, let me take LeBron because <laughs> they still play.
0: <laughs> yeah, Danny, who but, do you want? Patrick Mahomes or Tom no. Brady? You know? I <laughs> no, like but, to take Patrick Mahomes. But not I don't, I
1: don't even think it was that far. Yeah, he's an older <laughs> player, but I don't think it was that ridiculous. I mean sure. they, were, they were contemporaries. I don't think let,
2: let,
1: Well, let me say some things for your
2: pick. I mean, I think LeBron is an amazing player. I think it's hard for me to say this because I love LeBron now, but I hated LeBron when he was on the Heat as a Laker fan. But iconic moments for LeBron there. His iconic picture with D Wade and the alley oop. Him jumping over John Lucas, his poster dunk on Jason Terry when Jason Terry was on the Celtics just symbolized Miami's um, going over on the Celtics and LeBron going over on Jason Terry, who was kind of a rival for him uh, when he was on the Mavericks and his finals block on Tiago Splitter.
1: Just great moments for LeBron there. And I'll say that I, I wanted to also pick LeBron because of hopefully the way I structure my team here.
0: Yeah, you I'm know, hoping. Danny, Danny hoping, look, yeah. when we look at the teams after we draft here, your team's going to look nice. But you're wrong. I mean, you made the wrong <laughs> pick. Here, and I just want to be clear. And Jose, right, okay. Jose congratulations. Go, go ahead and make
1: the right pick,
2: Jose. Go ahead. All right, guys. With my pick, with the second pick, I'm taking Dwayne Wade. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Chris Bott. <laughs> got drafted in 2003. And this franchise has been there since 1989. But I feel like he made the franchise relevant. You know, if he. His rookie season allowed allowed Miami to go out and trade for Shaq and thinking that it could be a contender. And from there, for the past like seventeen years, they've pretty good team he is Miami's all-time leader in minutes total played number two in two-point field goals number six in three-point field goals. number one in free throws made number four in total rebounds number one in assists number one in steals number two in blocks and number one in total points at his peak he was averaging for three seasons in a row 27.4 points per game 27.6 and 30.2 points per game 13 time all-star finals MVP in 2006 and he's a three-time champion he has so many moments for uh my two favorites though his dunk on Anderson Verjao and his dunk on Kendrick Perkins. Um, Dwayne Wade is my pick. Jose
1: just picked that because he's hating on Kendrick <laughs> Perkins as of late. Yeah, no, that, look, that's. He's not liking uh, Kendrick's uh, ESPN takes as of late.
0: Look, that's the pick. I mean, is LeBron gonna have his like farewell season with the Heat, Danny, like Dwayne Wade had last year? It of course of not. As
1: a Laker fan, I just want him to end it here, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Look, that's just, That's the pick. Now, I'm going to nitpick here a little bit. I know you said you made them relevant. I would disagree in the sense that he made them relevant. I think that he had been relevant before that, but I think he took them to another level where instead of them being just a contender or a good team, he made them a champion, and then he allowed them to get Shaq and LeBron and these players that they wouldn't have gotten without him. And so as we look at the Heat now and just the dominance of the franchise in the 2010s, right? And even in that first championship, uh, Dwayne Wade made that possible. So obviously, I think he is Mr. Miami Heat. And I think you steal here at number two.
1: And I think what I would probably would have pushed me over the edge was, and I think this is unfortunate. I don't say it as a critique of him. I really wish it would have worked out with negotiations instead of him going to Chicago um, and even to that weird Cleveland team. (laughs) <laughs> I wish he just would have just stayed in uh Miami and they would have made it work. I think that would have been sweet for him to have. I'm glad he ended with them, but yeah, that was uh that was a weird thing. And I also think um him having like three years of like retiring tour, it <laughs> just kinda <of> bothered <laughs> me too. Uh so um, yeah, I, I have respect for D Wade, but yeah, I I think if his career would have gone differently.
2: Wait till LeBron's retirement. retirement tour. Yeah, Danny, you're yeah. such a hater, Danny.
1: You're Look, a great hater. It's unreal.
2: I have a question yeah. for you guys. Where would you guys rank D-Wade as far as shooting guards? Like all-time? All-time. Probably top 10. Somewhere in the top 10.
1: Somewhere in the top 10. It, it makes me so angry when people like Bill Simmons says that he's uh, better than Kobe. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 I lose, I, my, I, I I lose my mind. <laughs> well, Danny, any <laughs>
0: nice words about Dwayne Wade make you lose your mind. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, is he Oh. Is James Harden a better player right now? Or his career is better than Dwayne Wade? Well,
0: I mean, uh, how you say it? I mean, I don't know about career. That, that's like, a good
1: question. Good question. Let's see. <laughs> Hard, I mean, Harden
0: is not a three-time champion. and He's Harden MVP, has had, though. I mean, I think Harden's like a better player in the sense when I watch James Harden, he does things that I don't think Dwayne Wade could do or could ever do. But in terms of the, you know, NBA and, you know, winning those championships and elevating your team to win it all, Dwayne Wade has done that and Harden has not. And so, you know, with whether it's with LeBron, without LeBron, he really helped to lead that team in 06. He gets the credit. So until Harden wins one, he, he can't say he's one of the top, you know, because he doesn't have that championship. So
1: glad we're recording this. We can just play it back to Taylor. <laughs> that doesn't mean he's better than Harden. Harden's better. Like Harden might be the greatest isolation,
0: you know, score of all time maybe one of the greatest scorers ever, Hard, but at the same time, when you look at Wade and obviously I, I have Mr. Wade love fest over here. I'm so bummed. I got the third pick. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Who do you but, got with your first pick then?
0: Okay. Yeah, we can transition. So I felt like this week, the third pick was the worst pick, whether it's with coaches or I don't get LeBron, I don't get Wade. Um, so I'm going to go in the nineties with both of my picks actually. And I <laughs> feel like, you know, part of the reason why I told you Jose, where I, where I felt like they Wade didn't make it relevant was that because I think these two players I'm about to pick I get it yeah did make them relevant so and the first one I'm gonna go with the first one is Alonzo Morning. when they traded for him from Charlotte he really helped to establish hey we have a great defensive center and obviously whether it be with rebounds or blocks or points or just being that presence Alonzo Mourning helped to bring them to where, hey, we're a perennial playoff contender. And maybe we can't beat the Knicks or the Bulls, you know, in the playoffs. They really helped the Heat to get to that level of, hey, we're a good team. When I look at Alonzo Mourning, more than Shaq, I think he had a bigger impact in where they, you know, how they sort of jump-started. And so he's going to be my first pick.
1: Good pick. Yeah, I know he's number two in rebounds, in points, number one in blocks, number two in defensive wind shares for the franchise. Uh, I think he's also number three in offensive win shares, only only below Wade and LeBron. So, I think him being at um, your first pick here makes makes total sense.
2: I like that pick a lot. He, he, I feel like he is a clear number three pick for the Heat.
0: Safe pick, yeah. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's what I'm getting here. I'm just getting safe picks. And obviously, with all the kidney issues, what could have been right taking yeah. a few games off, yeah. you know, a few seasons off there. But part of that maybe helped them to get Dwyane Wade where they had some bad seasons there, where they can get him pretty high. Okay, with the next pick, uh, another trade. I think they traded to get Tim Hardaway, right? And so I was looking at some of the point guards for the Heat. They haven't had a a lot of great point guards. And so Tim Hardaway, when I was thinking about, okay, who am I going to pick next? Not having a lot of great point guards and having Tim Hardaway be head and shoulders better than, than the rest of the group made him an easier pick for me. Obviously, we talked about last week with the Warriors and what he could do with the crossover and the three-point shooting and the pull-ups and defensively and whatnot. And I just feel like when I'm looking at building on my team, obviously, maybe I have to go a little bit defensive on the defensive end here. I have the best point guard in Heat history. Really, him and Alonzo Mourning helped to make them relevant in the late 90s. He's going to be my pick.
1: Yeah, with he's number one in three-pointers, number two in assists. And again, he's top four in offensive shares and box plus minus. So I think... His stats also speak for themselves. One of the things, I think it's it's awesome that you picked both of them, because I think you're right. I think pretty much the franchise was was mediocre until both of them got there. And in 96-97, Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardway led the team to a 61-21 record. Uh, they were called the Road Warriors because they were 32-9 that season on the road. Uh, they also got the first two playoff victories for the franchise, and they went straight to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, unfortunately, they... Face Michael um, and his Chicago Bulls, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, both of them together leading this team um, really was the first time where where the Heat was became a respectable franchise where they can possibly compete uh, for a title. Um, so that that was it's really cool to see that you paired them up here because I think yeah, I think that ninety six ninety seven season was really where the Miami Heat franchise started to change in terms of its its hopes and its standard. Yeah,
2: Tim Hardaway, great point card.
1: And I feel like when
0: I was picking here, I always want to find guys who have their jerseys retired, have the all-stars, have the all-NBAs. And I think Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway check a lot of those boxes. And not so, only that,
1: they were the first two to have their jersey retired. So
0: yeah. So we're going a little older. We're going I'm, I'm gonna draft a nineties team here. We'll see how uh we'll see how the next few picks go and and how we can build out this team.
1: I think I think i to take
2: Jamal Mashburn from him. That's not gonna be my pick, but we gotta <laughs> we gotta try to t- take Jamal Mashburn from oh, you Taylor. can pick
0: Jamal Mashburn number five. We're, uh we'll allow it. <laughs> so who do you got with your second pick, Jose?
2: I'm gonna take the other member of the big three. I'm taking Chris Bosh. In Miami, he had to take more of a a lesser role. He was a a third-best player there, in a sense. He was averaging 18 points per game for Miami, one block, one steal, and 9.4 rebounds. He's an 11-time All-Star, second-team All-NBA. They don't win a championship against OKC, and they definitely don't win a championship against the Spurs without him. Just think about game six. He's the one who gets that rebound from LeBron's miss and gets it to uh, Ray Allen for that three. And he's also the one who blocks Danny Green on the last possession in that same game. So this, I think they were sending oh, it to him at the time. Yeah. Right, yeah. Sa- sadly, here's a crazy stat. He was actually held scoreless in game seven by Tim Duncan. So I didn't even know about, about that until I was, I was studying. But, yeah, I'm taking Chris Bosh. I, I think he's a definitely a player who would really thrive in today's NBA. And sadly, because of the blood clots, he had to retire. Mm. Um, I really like watching him play. I think he had a case for – when he was in Toronto as the best power forward in the game
1: yeah and, and, and to respect you know what he did of you know going to kind of more of a mediocre kind of playoff team barely making it to obviously coming into a team where he wanted to win a title right away I mean that decision also meant that he was going to take more of a step back and I respected how he adjusted to kind of playing in a pick and pop role in the offense and um, having to really pick up his defensive skills on that side of the ball and, and work within the pick and roll with uh, Eric, Eric Spolstra's scheme. And so how he stretched the floor and made LeBron and Wade's job easier in that uh, big three was something I re- highly respect him for. I don't think that they would have gone into where they needed to without that. Um, but yeah, it's sad that he had the blood clotting issue because I, especially where the NBA headed after this, um, I would have been really excited to see him. And, you know, I know he, he had re-upped to beat with the Miami Heat and carry that franchise moving forward. So um, that's a bummer. But, yeah, definitely Chris Bosh. Even with that, you know, he's um, top six in PER for them. There's a lot of things that he did well for that team during his time there.
0: It's true. You think about the stretch five and what Bosh could have been in this NBA. And he I think he went number five for us in the Raptors. So he's going, same, you know, number, same number here in the Heat draft. I don't love the pick. I don't hate the pick, Jose. I think it's a solid pick. I think there was one other individual that I think I might have picked higher than Bosch when I'm thinking through some of, you know, where we're going and, you know, next with Danny. So, you know, Danny gets to pair LeBron and maybe Shaq if he wants to go the Shaq route. Um, that team's gonna look pretty <laughs> pretty impressive. But Chris Bosch in terms of likability, it's really hard to defer and be the third guy sometimes and the fact that he did it and adjusted and adapted while still being an elite level player, he would be good on if we're building these great teams, he obviously would play well and, and fit well with the group.
2: I was thinking about um, when Bosch was about was going to re-sign with Miami, he was actually thinking about signing with Houston. You remember that, Taylor? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I remember. I <laughs> remember. But I, I'm sure you guys are probably thankful for that because of the way his career ended up handing out.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think with Daryl Morey, he knows he's like the the perfect analytics five, right? With yeah. what he can do. And so he really wanted him, but I think Bosch was smart enough to to stay in Miami. And, you know, just a bummer. I think we all agree it's a bummer the way things played out for
1: him. So with my second pick, I'm going to go with one of the five retired jerseys, another one that is going to be Shaq. Uh, this is a bitter... Sweet. Big for me. I'm glad I got Shaq here, but as a Laker fan, I remember just being so angry that we lost Shaq for like Crown Butler and Brand Grant and Odom. It, we gave up a lot in turn and got not that much back from them. The sad part was immediately Shaq still dominated. He was averaging 22.9 points and 10 rebounds per game with the Heat, and they won 59 games under Stan Van Gundy. They lost to the Detroit Pistons um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then in the next season, they didn't start off so hot, but that's when Pat Riley took over. And eventually Shaq was kind of part of the one-two punch with Wade that beat the Dallas Mavericks uh, for the Miami Heat's first title. O'Neal put up 20 points and 9 rebounds per game during the playoffs. Obviously, after this, Shaq's skills and quickness declined. But even then, you know, he was still averaging 18.4 points a game and 9.8, almost a double-double per game. Even though they got Shaq at the end of his um, kind of prime, he was still good enough to be one of the top two players to lead a team to a title. And so, I think oftentimes as Laker fans, when we hear conversations of how much titles could Kobe and Shaq, you know, how many titles would they have won if they would have stayed together? Like this one is one where I'm like, man, like Shaq still had it in him. We could have won some more titles. Um, And it it sucks to see that it didn't happen with us. But um, it was cool for um, the Heat to get their first title with the duo of um, Shaq and Wade and for Shaq to get his uh, fourth and final championship.
2: Yeah, as a Laker fan, uh, I did not want that. I did not want Shaq to get that championship. I was I became a diehard's <laughs> Maverick fan and they yeah. just disappointed me uh in that play in that finals. But um it's, I just think it's kind of funny that you pair LeBron with Shaq when he's in Miami when LeBron leaves Cleveland, I think when he had Shaq on his team <laughs> yeah. after his prime. But I mean you you're getting a different Shaq for sure. Uh he's still he's still at the his prime, just a little bit of a decline.
0: Yeah, no Shaq slander for me here, Danny. You have a a top heavy team, LeBron and Shaq. It's exciting. And obviously Shaq helped to bring them the first title. His numbers are tired. He's just he's just so dominant. I think I think that's the right pick. So good pick there, Denny.
1: Thanks. Now with my next pick, I'm gonna go into uh, the nineties a bit and I need some shooting. So I'm gonna go with Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice was their fourth overall pick in 1989 and I would contend that even before Zoe um, and Tim Hardway were in the picture, Glenn Rice was in the picture. Uh, he played uh, six seasons. Uh, he played 478 games. He had 19.3 points, 4.9 rebounds, and 2.2 assists. He was a key contributor to the team as soon as he was a rookie. Um, as a rookie, he was averaging 13.6 a game and playing 30 minutes per game. Um, by his second season, he was already a full-time starter, and he was averaging 17 points per game. The Miami Heat was terrible before Glenn Rice got there, um, and then all changed Um, with him coming to the team even though they weren't great they only won 38 games in 1991-1992 but they made the postseason and so to me that was kind of the first step of a of a new team a new franchise to actually make it into the playoffs and it was Glenn Rice who um, led them there and we played a major part in that during that playoffs run he was averaging 22.3 points per game and shooting 39% from the three-point arc. So eventually he was traded for Alonzo Mourning. But I think when I think about Glenn Rice, even his impact on the franchise, he's number two in field goals, number three in three-pointers, number three in points, number four in points per game. And he has a top five offensive win share.
2: That's a great pick. I mean, obviously, I think we talked about how his best years are probably in Charlotte, but I mean, he was a great three-point shooter. And if he was playing now, his stats would be a lot better. He shot great percentages, so that's a good pick.
0: Yeah and Danny one of the things that when we do our research we realize is there's so many connections between the Hornets and the Lakers and the Heat with all these traits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just seeing what Glenn Rice and he reminds me a little bit of Mitch Richmond where you know he's you know obviously he started he got good and then he gets you know he gets or he starts with another team whether it's with the Kings or here with the Hornets and he really blossoms into that all-star and and gets that reputation but it started with the Heat. I believe he has the highest points ever in a game with the Heat. He, he brought them to the playoffs the, that first season. And so he really helped to jumpstart that. You know, obviously what he did with the Lakers in that first championship and being that third guy, you know, there's some love there, you know, for LA fans, you know, obviously he won that title in college at Michigan. So he's one of the few he's won it in college. He's won it in the pros. He, he's just a good solid player. I think seven, this was where, hey, we don't know what direction we're going to start going in. I felt like the top six were pretty set in stone with the Miami Heat. So Glenn Rice at seven is,
1: it's a good pick. Yeah, I think from this point on, I think it's more of just opinions of where we think (laughs) (laughs) our teams need. But I I mean, I think even for me at at that point, I I still, I think Glenn Rice was, again, going back and looking at history, like I knew who Glenn Rice was. And I remember him mostly for his Charlotte days, because I think that's when he hit his prime. But kind of going back into their history, like you said, Taylor, and looking at, man, he was he was good and balling out already. And even how the, how that, that trade actually fared for both teams pretty well, you know, with Zoe going yeah, to the totally. Heat and Glenn Rice going to the Hornets. So, Jose, who do you have for your third pick?
2: Guys, this is where Taylor and Danny are going to start scrutinizing my team. And uh, I feel like this is I, – I do not like – This spot right here. It's going to be a bad pick.
0: I can already feel it. It's going to be a bad (laughs) pick. You're just, you don't even, you're not, there's no, this is where Jose does does not give a rip about history (laughs) anymore. Duncan Uh, Robinson. All right. He's going to go with uh, (laughs) Jimmy
2: Butler, where all these guys were in the league three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Let him him pick, Dan. Let's Uh, let him pick. I think the logical pick is to either pick Jamal Mashburn, but I just was not really a big fan. And I think I'm going with, with need, positional need. I'm drafting Goran Dragic. Actually, really a good pick. Like, that
1: was my next pick on my, my draft.
2: Um, he was 2013-2014 most improved player. Um, he's a one-time All-Star. He made a third-team All-NBA. And his seasons with Miami is 16.6 points per game, 5.3 assists. And he's number five all-time in three-pointers made for Miami, number six in assists. Um, the way he got to Miami is actually because that Phoenix team had three-point guards. I don't know if you guys remember that. It had Eric Bledsoe <laughs> and Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench. So he was traded to Miami. And he's still playing there now. Yeah, I like – and I need a point guard.
0: Jose, <laughs> yeah. we know nothing. We don't know – like we know like what's good drafting. Dragic is a good pick. He's probably their second or third best point guard ever. He's he's had a pretty good run with the Heat. He, I think he has an all-star. He, he's he definitely does. a good yeah. player. And I don't think the Miami Heat have a, oh yeah, I should pick this guy next. And so you know, some of the guys that I'm thinking about picking, it's not like I have all this confidence <laughs> in picking them either. So
1: uh, I have no problem with that pick. In many ways, Goran and some of the guys that have been put around him, because I think he was like a big acquisition for them, but he's kind of kept them competitive. I know he's struggled with some injuries here and there. I think that he's kept them competitive, even in a time where, the franchise could naturally have gone like down uh, with the departure of the, of the big three. I think that Goran Dragic has held it down pretty well.
2: My only concern is that I have Goran Dragic and D-Wade. I just didn't like the fit at times when they played together. We don't have to overthink
0: fit. Let's we'll, just go
2: with the guy. We'll, yeah, we just We'll go worry with about them. that later. He, he has some games even now where I'm like, man,
0: he scored 30. Like he still got it. So he's he's, it's a good pick. All right. So I to. got two more here. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to have some of these guys available. All right. So the third guy I'm picking is not necessarily talent, but I'm just picking him for the one shot he had in game six. I'm going with Ray Allen here uh, in the, with the, my third pick. Wow. Uh, I don't think I'm going to wow. have the, the best team, but I, when I'm thinking about Miami heat and I'm thinking about love, there's one shot that I'm thinking about and it's game six Chris Bosch gets the rebound. He kicks it out and I knock it down.
1: I didn't get the yeah. memo that we were picking players based off one shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, look,
0: look I, I, and I don't,
1: I don't know like, if. When we do the if Lakers, if, big shot Rob. is a cool <laughs> <pick>. <laughs> well, uh,
0: Robert Orr, He's definitely, he's definitely in the top there, but um, I'm going with them. I know he was a solid contributor off the bench. I don't think he really started at all. So I'm pretty sure when I, when I put together my team, he's going to be my sixth man off the bench here. Um, when, I, when I'm thinking about Miami, he thinking about your team, and he might have saved LeBron's career in a sense—not like saved his career, not like his career. Oh, save yeah, him. no, I think. Yeah, but if LeBron loses that series, yeah, like and he's only got that one title, and the Spurs just like beat him when the Heat were definitely favored in that series. It really helped to, and LeBron had a great Game Seven, and then he had those two titles, and two titles is better than one. And obviously LeBron, you know, did the rest. And he's been incredible, continuing since then. Um, but I'm picking him for the shot for some three-point shooting. You know, I'm gonna get 10-15 points off the bench, 40% from three. But it's really that one shot. That's all I'm thinking about. And I think that the Miami Heat fans will say, "Yeah, that makes sense."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like the pick. I think that there was a lot of guys that maybe could have gone before him. I, I understand what you're saying, but. Man, I, I yeah, I, maybe it's because I didn't like the Heat on LeBron at that point, and Ray Allen really pissed me off, and I, I I already hated him from the Boston days, and then for him to just jump on this contender, maybe maybe it's me being filtered through my my Laker goggles here, but I don't know. I, I I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the pick, but I understand why you're doing it. But I think there's better guys.
2: You may get. 10 points out of him. I don't know about 15 points. His averages (laughs) in Miami were 10.9 points and 9.6 points per game. So, I mean, he did shoot. Let me see the percentage. He shot um, over 40% one year in three-pointers. So that's still good. I think you could have got him with – I mean, you do have another pick right now. So um, you could have got him with this pick, of course. But maybe I think you could have got him maybe later, later on in the draft.
0: Well, who knows? I don't know what you guys are thinking about. I wanted to, you know, I don't have any star power. So now I'm trying to get historic moments on my team. Um, I think the criticism's warranted. I'll take it. I still want him shooting threes for me, spacing and things like that. So then I can move into my next pick. There's two guys that I want to take. I don't think either one of them is a good pick, but I'm going to lead towards (laughs) Eddie Jones. Uh, I'm going to get another shooting guard here. Eddie Jones, he's my guy. So that's what I'm going with. Obviously, he's got yeah, that. I like how connection.
1: after we criticized your pick, we you went with the guy that me and Jose are. You 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 are using <laughs> our Laker emotions all of a sudden.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, we just talked about. Glenn Rice, you know, we talked about how traded for Zoe and Glenn Rice traded for Eddie Jones. Um, So it's, we have all these connections where they're all coming together. I know one of my favorite things when I was looking at Eddie Jones was he was on that team from like 2000 to 2005 and came back like 2007. So he missed the championship season. So I don't know if that helps my case, but he had a lot of seasons there where he was the leading scorer. He wasn't the all-star that he was with Charlotte or even in LA, but he was definitely a great player, you know, a good defender, a good scorer. He's definitely in the top five, I think, scoring all time. Danny, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> no, no, he. he
0: I, I think he... When top, I 10. Would, yeah, Don't well, top 10. Yeah. not put top 10,
1: yeah. Yeah, he's top five in three-pointers. He's top five in value over replacement player, in defensive win shares, win shares, box plus minus, and within top 10 of game pl- games played, field goals, assists, steals, points, blocks, points per game, and defensive plus minus. So, like, Eddie Jones is all over the basketball reference for the Miami Heat. He fit, and, yeah, he fits uh, the team, yeah. Yeah, he had pretty good numbers. Um, he led the team with like 18.3 points per game. He was kind of the bridge between like the Tim Hardway, Lonzo kind of era going into the Shaq and Wade era. Yeah, yeah. it's sucks that they, win it, they didn't win it that first year when they lost to, to Detroit. Um, he was traded to Memphis after that, and then they won the, the year after that. So Eddie barely missed out um, on a title there, but... Even when uh, Shaq and Wade uh, took over that team, Eddie Jones faded into that third option role, and he was still averaging 12.7 points per game. So um, I like this pick. I like the pick better than the Ray Allen pick. So I I probably would have taken Eddie first, but I like it.
0: (laughs) That's good. Yeah, set the bar low so you can think highly of the next pick. I mean, obviously Eddie Jones too. It was bummer when the Lakers traded him. It's like, hey, this Kobe guy, he better be good because we love Eddie Jones. He was just so exciting to watch. He's a good defender. He's just he's a likable guy. He's one of my yeah. you know throwing in the, the pantheon of great NBA players that were fun to watch. And being from the Lakers, obviously in the West Coast, and watching games growing up, he was one of my favorites. So I think I had to, I wanted to take I wanted to take him more than I had to take him.
2: So I think with my next pick, we were talking about Glenn Rice being traded for Eddie Jones to the Lakers, but Eddie Jones was traded for this guy, Jamal Mashburn from Miami to Charlotte, but I'm taking taking Jamal Mashburn now. I'm not in love with this pick. I feel like it was kind of like the best guy available kind of pick. His best years are actually in between his tenure in Miami. He had great years in Dallas and some great years in Charlotte. But he was pretty important team to the that team that Taylor was talking about earlier with Tim Hardaway Jr. and Alonzo Mourning. He was kind of the third piece there. He was averaging 15.8 points per game and five rebounds for them. At the time of that, they weren't really shooting threes as much. He still was averaging, uh, he was shooting at a rate of uh, 36% from the three-point line.
0: I mean, I like Jamal Mashburn at Kentucky. I think he had an okay NBA career. I mean, I I look through some of these guys. I don't know if he's the one person I would have picked next, but I don't think my guy was the guy you would have picked next either. <laughs> so, so I don't hate the pick. I don't know if I love the pick either. Hey, they made,
1: yeah. they made the playoffs every year he was there. Four seasons, they made the playoffs. Okay. He he put down 11.7 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game. So he contributed. Yeah, I think like we said, uh, once you get to this point, it's tough to never We to don't go. feel
0: good. Yeah, I mean, maybe we don't feel good about some, some. there's some guys from earlier, you know, when the, the, when the franchise started that, you know, we don't really know as well. And then now it's you're thinking through: is it too recent? Do, have they built enough of a career there to pick? Whereas Mashburn, he's you know, you know what his career was there and what he did for the team. So I don't think it's a bad pick. I don't know. I don't know. I might have picked him on the way back, but it's it's hard. It's hard to, to know when to pick these guys. I think sometimes yeah. and where to rank them.
1: Okay, my fourth pick. I am going to go with i'm gonna go with a little bit of history first and then transition into maybe taking the next guy available uh but i need a guard so i can't believe i'm saying this but i'm gonna go with mario chalmers Uh, i'm gonna go with mario chalmers he has played eight seasons with the heat he's averaged 8.8 points per game 3.8 assess 2.4 i'm going more with history here even though those stats don't jump out at you He's top four in games played. He's top four in three-pointers, number three in assists, number two in assists per game, number one, number nine in defensive windshare. So that just shows that he brings it on both sides of the ball. He was a starting point guard for the two championship runs in Miami. And so, um, yeah, I think Mario Chalmers being there for the years that he has been, and I think he... Left his imprint uh, during the Heat's first championship playoff run. He averaged 11.3 points per game and 1.2 steals per game. And so I think, you know, it, it wasn't only, um, you know, during the regular season, but he brought it when he needed to during the playoff run. And obviously just the guy that LeBron liked to yell at during <laughs> the <play laughs> conference. So I think I just got to keep that together. Yeah, you know, LeBron yeah, that needs someone to it. vent to, someone to throw under the bus. Um, if I'm going to have LeBron on my team, I want Mario Chalmers there to, to take the heat for everything that goes wrong. So I'm going to take Mario Chalmers. I was just going to say, because you mentioned it, but you are
2: naming all these stats, he's probably in top two or top one tied with Jared Smith. And that same thing that you're talking about, getting yelled at by LeBron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a solid pick, Danny. I mean, You're getting great college NCAA title players on your team. You have Glenn Rice. Now you have Mario Chalmers. And I think some of my memories of him were just some of those shots he hit against Memphis in the NCAA, you know, that title run there. He's a solid point guard. You know he's going to play defense. He's going to hit shots when he needs to. He might not be able to take over games, but you might not need that. And, you know, he was there for the titles. And so as you're building your team and you're thinking about guys and you're looking about who's left, there's not a lot of better point guards, if there are better, you know, than Chalmers. So I
1: think it's a solid pick. So with my next guy looking at my team, um, I'm going to need some, another scorer. So I'm going to go with more recent. I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Here's why. He's only been with the team for this one year. He's averaged 20.2 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 6.1 assists. He's the newest addition to the Heat, but what he brings to the Heat is after this long, again, going from the big three, I feel like he's ushering in a new era. And, you know, just what happened in Minnesota and Jimmy Butler yelling at everybody for being soft. I think that type of mindset that he brings and a mentality... Is kind of the thing that the franchise is built on since Pat Riley took over. You know, I know that the Heat talk about like discipline and knowing what you eat, being in shape, working hard. And I think bringing someone like Jimmy, who already has that mentality and now, and how he could rub off with the teammates and fit into the culture of them, um, is something that I guess the Miami fans have something to look forward to in, in South Beach. And so I think butler coming onto the team in in my mind is what is going to make them more relevant so even in this season i think even the way that they've been performing they've been overachieving and in many ways i think that they could be a very real threat um, in the eastern conference that they're not a tough out and so i think jimmy butler being there adds that so i'm gonna go with jimmy
2: i actually love that pick great pick danny having a team with lebron and jimmy butler that's just a Two guys who've always faced, faced against each other, had battles with the Bulls and the Heat, and now you're putting them together. It's a pretty good team.
0: Yeah, Danny, I like the pick from a talent standpoint. Just like LeBron. I mean, you're, you're drafting <laughs> talented guys, but these guys have, like, no history with the Miami Heat. Taylor. Yeah, he hasn't here. a whole season. <laughs> I, I think there were some clearly more, like, players that are a little look, bit more I had there. someone
1: else in mind, but... Look, he's, like, he's talented. too good to I, let go. I,
0: It's hard to hate the pick. I mean, he's <laughs> obviously... He didn't, make, he didn't make the All-Star team, did he, this year? I don't think he did. He was maybe because he's a little bit banged up, but I mean, look, he's a great player. I mean, he's an all-star. He's an all, de- you know, all defensive guy. He's obviously he's a winner. He's a great competitor. So, I mean, I like Jimmy Butler. I don't. I didn't know if we were going to draft him here, but I should have known, Danny. You were going to draft him. So,
1: and I'll you know, be honest, yeah. I, I'm running out of picks. Like you want my pick. <laughs> I don't even know if I have a six guy because my list is getting shorter and shorter. So yeah. when I looked at my oh, list, yeah. I was like, I don't know there's, if there's anyone else left on it. There's one no, guy. F- that's fair. No, that's fair. I mean, you know, I what? was thinking about Bam at a bio, but I think that that's repetitive. Like he's a big, I, yeah, he's a, can't a, have he's a big challenge.
0: signing. Bam's yeah. been there a few years. Bam's. Well, I don't I mean we'll see who's Jose picks Bam. At least he was drafted by the heat. But, um, he's been there a couple but, years I later. Said, yeah, but I don't he's think actually wasn't all Star. Yeah, but it wouldn't
1: fit with my all-star. team. You know, sure
0: It's not a bad pick, Danny. I I probably hate the pick more than I should. He's obviously one of the best players to ever put on a Miami Heat jersey. So, solid pick there.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that I noticed when we were uh, researching this team is you you have guys who are talented who played for the Heat but only played for, like, maybe at the most two to four seasons. And then you have guys, some big names who played for the Heat who, when they played for the Heat, were just more role players. And, like, guys like Shane Battier – and then we haven't even talked about Udonis Haslam yet, which we're probably, hopefully, going to talk about in the future. But since Danny made a Jimmy Butler pick, I'm going to go with my potential pick. No. I'm going Bam. I'm going Bam Adebayo. I was like, <laughs> oh, if it's okay if, like, if both, it, of, you, yeah. if both yeah. of you
1: don't go with Bam Adebayo. of <laughs> like,
2: I mean, it's my potential pick. I think this is the first year of him doing some great things for Miami. I think yeah. if we did this in like the next five years, I'm hoping that Dan Adebayo jumps to our top of maybe a, a top six pick for us. I mean, this year he averaged 16.2 points per game. He's averaging a block and a steal, 10.5 rebounds, but the five assists. Like, yeah,
1: that's who so- knew
2: that he could who could pat who that he could pass like this. And this is my and it, this hurts me since we we do know each other from fantasy basketball. My team went down the drain this year. Once I traded Bameta bio. Yep, yeah. So and
1: I you
2: traded, traded him to my man. brother, right? Who'd, yeah, who 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 did trade him for, yeah. I think I think Taylor you
0: I you traded him to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I was I the traded- guy who drafted him in fantasy. I was the one who saw and you guys hated on me for taking him in that 5th no, no, round, no, round.
2: It was a great pick. And then you traded him to me. And then yeah, I, traded, pick. I, traded, <laughs> I traded him for Przingis and Przingis yeah, was yeah. so hurt. And then my team just went down to dump. So I'm just regretting it. And I want to draft him now so I can just make it up to him and just keep him on my team.
1: <laughs> yeah. Most improved player candidate. Right. Again, the, the future is bright. And I think, um, I think the Miami heat felt that way too, of, of maybe showcasing him more alongside Jimmy Buller. I think that's why they traded his on white side, but yeah, he's, he's top four in defensive plus minus, And, um, He's number four in triple doubles already. Top ten in blocks per game. So I think this is this is a great pick. You,
0: you got to see it a little bit at the end of last year, where it's like, "Hey, Bam's got some talent." And now with with Whiteside gone this year, he just took it to another level. He's really fun to watch. He's just so versatile. One of the reasons why the Heat have a chance to win it all this year is because of his improvement in what he can do defensively and just distributing the ball with, with Butler and some of those other guys there. I like the pick a lot better than Butler because he was an all-star, and I was looking through some of the lists here. Him and Dwayne Wade I think are the only Miami Heat players who were drafted to make the all-star team who were actually drafted by the Heat. So from that standpoint, he's been there a few more years. I think it's a good pick here, and I just like the guy. What do you got, Taylor, with your <laughs> I was going to take Bam. I was going to take Bam. I wasn't going to (laughs) take, I was going to take you. Okay. So I'm going to go with, with the, with the player who's been there more than half of the years they've been in the NBA. So I'm going to go with Udonis Haslam with my next pick. I think it's a no brainer. I think it's a absolute stunner. He's dropped so far. I feel like he's been with the team since 1960 (laughs) on the petrol the last (laughs) 20 years or whatnot. Um, You know, you're looking through, obviously he's the all time leading rebounder. Uh, on the team, he did do some good things in that first championship where he wasn't just riding the bench and being that leader that he is nowadays. But from a leadership standpoint, from someone who's just been with the organization since 2003, you're looking at Udonis Haslam and you're thinking, hey, this is one of those Miami Heat all-time greats I I bet you he gets his number retired. Maybe not, but I think he might, maybe. And I just, I think he fits the team well. And I know I don't have a lot of stars on my team, so I'm going with Haslam with my next pick.
1: I'm not a Miami Heat fan, but I can imagine the emotional attachment. And, and Taylor, I want to give you credit. I think you really are going off um, the, the fans' hearts here for the Miami <laughs> But I was honest. I, 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 was, I was wondering to myself, I was like, I wonder if we can go the whole thing and none of us pick Udonis Haslam. Like, who's going <laughs> to be the one that feels like, damn, I have to make it. <laughs> Well, I almost picked him before
0: um, in the third round. I almost picked him before Ray Allen, but I thought maybe he could drop. I didn't think Ray Allen would drop as far. I, I love those all-timers. You know, if you look at most lists, you know, he's going to be a top 10 all-time Miami guy. And not because he's the best player. You know, he's not going to be even more, anywhere close to as good as Jimmy Butler. But just what he's been for the organization, just the fact that he's been there his whole career. Yeah. I like those type of guys. So, yeah. um, so we'll go there.
2: I mean, he's a three-time champ. And then when I was researching him, I think uh, I wasn't a big fan of his at first because you could see the numbers at the end. It's like five like <laughs> points per game. Yeah. But he actually had some really good years, and he you're right. He was number one in rebounds. Like he had some like really good rebounding years for them. Um, just a tough player. He's also from, he's from Miami, right? He played in that area. So that's why they love him there too.
1: Yeah. I think so. Yeah. He's, he's completely homegrown and yeah. I mean, think he's
0: a Florida guy, right? Yeah. I think he played at Florida. I could be wrong, but I think, I think so.
1: So who's your next pick Taylor with your last and final pick here? Just,
0: <laughs> this one was tough. You know, I've gone back and forth. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to go with Ronnie Cycle here with my last pick just one of the first players. If not, was he the first one drafted to the Miami Heat when the franchise started? Or maybe just one of those first guys to really come there. I think he was the first pick in the 1988 draft. And obviously, just what he's done, he's with the team a long time. He's a top 10 minutes and points guy. He won most improved player. He was there with Glenn Rice, Steve Smith, some of those guys. Um, so I get a good rebounder, solid player, you know, maybe one of those original guys, my Paul Ayers in here. So I'm gonna go with Ronnie Cycli as my last pick to round it out.
1: Yeah. I saw Ronnie Cycling in a lot of the lists, did some digging, you know, 15.4 points per game, 10.4 rebounds. So he's averaging a double double with a block and a half. Uh, you know, he was the first, he was part of the first team that was there. And so he was kind of like the big man that held it down and he won the NBA's most improved player award in 89, uh, 90 when his points jumped up to 16.16 10.4, 10.4 rebounds. And so, yeah, I, I think his, his stats speak for themselves. They're, they're really good during his time with them. I think he was good enough to, to make an impact. He's number two in rebounds per game, number four in blocks, number six in defensive win shares um, and number three in total rebounds, four in blocks. So his defense, um, is there too right we saw some of his stats and those are good offensive stats but he had that defensive lockdown mentality too
2: yeah i think uh when i was researching him too he had a good second career outside of Miami. i mean outside of playing for the heat just as a dj in miami so uh, (laughs) so he's still in miami uh, i'm pretty sure that was like
1: 60 percent of the reason (laughs) sure
2: Uh, I think I mean if you look at the stats, it's pretty solid numbers, so I don't I haven't really I haven't seen him play, but it uh, looks good.
1: And the other 40 percent reason why Taylor drafted him is uh, Taylor's continuing his streak of drafting big white guys with a six pick <laughs> We <had>, got <laughs> <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas with the Raptors, uh, David Lee with the second I have to stay uh, David consistent. Lee with the Warriors, and then number three with Ronnie Cycling. so good job Taylor.
0: That's good. That's a good mention, Danny. You're right on that 100%. So, so,
1: so Jose, we know for next team uh, who Taylor might be going for. I think that'll give us a, <laughs> a little bit of scouting there. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> we're doing the Spurs next, I think. He's drafting <laughs> Tiago Thiago Splitters. <laughs> Aaron Beans, yeah. yeah so. so, Jose, who do you have with your last pick?
2: I feel like it's come down to two guys for me. There's one guy who the stats are just pretty amazing. But I just don't want to pick him, and I feel like I drafted Bam for that purpose. I don't want to draft Whiteside. I'm going to draft Shane Battier. He played three seasons with Miami, and it's not going to the stats aren't going to wow you. He averaged five points a game, but he shot thirty eight percent from three point line. But he's often called the ultimate glue guy. He was the the guy that guarded the team's best player and in, in that run for Miami. Just thinking about his time in Houston, I know Taylor knows about this. Just how analytical he was in his approach to defending. He would just take, Taylor probably knows more, but he had an extensive preparation in studying the opposing team and the player that he was assigned to guard. I know for the series that they went against the Spurs, he was guarding Ginobili and Ginobili came off the bench. So he asked um, his coach for him to come off the bench too so he could always guard Ginobili when he was in the game. So I think my team needs a guy like that. And I just loved what he did for them. He helped win them two championships. So I think he did, right? Both of them, both championships, right? He was on that team?
0: So he was on the team that won both, huh?
2: Yeah, because he had to He had to guard uh, KD for one.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I love Shane Battier. So I know that you're going to get someone who's going to take the best charges. He's going to make sure that hand is in their face, right, when they diagram that. I just remember every time the Rockets would play the Lakers, <laughs> they would just draw the diagram of Shane Battier putting his hand in Kobe's face and it not really mattering because Kobe just knocked him down anyway. Um, but you're going to good defender you know, he can sit in the corner and knock down threes if you need him to a great team guy. So good leader. I like the pick. It's a good last pick. Yeah, it's better it's good than what, my pick.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. It's good. What you're getting with him, you know, at the end of it. So I, I agree that at this point in the draft, I think you're, you're, It's between a few guys, and so I think Shane Battier, what he could bring to you on the defensive end is is worth it. So with my last pick, I'm going to go with a little bit of history here. I have two guys left, and um, I don't want to be too redundant with the big men. So I'm actually going to go with a guard. Um, I'm going to go with Sherman Douglas. Sherman Douglas played three years with the Heat. He was there from 89, 89 to 91. Even though he was there for a few years, it's the second most he's played with a team. He played in Boston for five years through with the Heat, but even during his time during the Heat, he averaged 16 uh, points per game, 7.9 assists, and 1.7 steals. Uh, when you look at some of the um, franchise records, he's on, on a number of them as a guard with steals and top ten in different categories. So again, even though Sherman Douglas was there um, only for a few years, just being part of that um, initial sort of team that started the franchise, there were some guys that naturally needed to step up German Douglas was one of them. So
2: so I just uh, looked him up on Wikipedia since I... Uh, <laughs> was I mean, That's he how I think Heat.
1: about the pick, Danny. We had to look him up on Wikipedia.
0: <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> he,
2: he was the Heat's first starting point guard. I mean, yeah. he was named the team's most valuable player in 1990, 1991. And here's the, the tidbit. He
1: played against Michael Jordan 30 times in his career. He lost all 30 games. Yep. That's what he was known for. I actually remember. Wow. That, that's crazy. Process. Yeah. Yeah. He's the general Sherman Douglas, but yeah, never be Jordan. He's got a great name. I think that's just like an awesome name. Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, I think when we can talk about guys, we maybe should have picked or could have picked. Yeah. He's fine. He's, you know, it's the last pick. He definitely has some history there. It's probably in the same line with my pick, <laughs> so, uh, so we're there. I guess none of us really liked Hassan Whiteside at all. So we can maybe talk about why we didn't pick him. But uh, it's a solid team, Danny.
1: Yeah, so. let's go with the let's yeah. go with the coaches first. So um, my team, I have LeBron, Shaq, Glenn Rice, Mario Chalmers, Jimmy Butler, Sherman Douglas, and I'm gonna go with Pat Riley uh, to lead my team. Pat has been. Um, Just instrumental in so many ways for the Miami Heat, not only coaching them for 11 seasons from '95 to '96. Again, those being all the way to 2007, 2008. Again, those were the years where they sort of started to make a push to be contenders in the NBA. uh, With that '96 team going to the playoffs, to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bulls, up until the 2006 team that won the NBA title. So I think one Pat Riley really, really putting them on the map um, as contenders, and most importantly him becoming the president after that and getting LeBron, getting the. Big three playing a role in getting those guys to come to South Beach and then coaching them uh, for that first title and then putting Eric Spolstra in charge and in many ways grooming Eric Spolstra to become the next coach and him and Spolstra kind of developing the culture that really makes the Miami Heat the Miami Heat now. So when people think about the Miami Heat, it's no longer like, oh, it's a new franchise. I think it's a reputable franchise that is Known for hard work and being disciplined, and I think a lot of that comes from what Pat Riley has been able to build there. It's tremendous. I think if I were to think of, I don't know if there's been a, another kind of coach that has had such an impact on a franchise. Um, maybe you know Red Arback and the Celtics, but that's the only kind of coach I can think of other than Pat Riley and what he's done for the Heat. Yeah,
2: that's a good pick. I mean, other than D Wade, if you if you say Miami Heat, I think of Pat Riley and just what he means to the organization, just that figure. For them, he represents them. So I like that pick, Danny.
0: And no-brainer. Yeah, in fact, yeah, no-brainer. no, no brainer. So good job, Danny.
1: So, Jose, you had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, Goran Dragic, Jamal Mashburn, Bam Adebayo, Shea Badier. Who is going to be coaching your team?
2: Uh, it's Eric Spolstra. I mean, I think the Heat only have had like six coaches, so we're choosing between six guys. (laughs) But Eric Spolstra, he has a 59% winning percentage. He's won two championships for them, and he was hired as the Heat's video coordinator in 1995 and worked his way up and became the head coach of the Heat in 2008. Other than Pop, he has the longest tenure of a head coach, of a head coaching position right now. And it doesn't hurt that he's also Filipino, just like you know. me, so you know,
1: I, yeah, you have, uh, I'm glad he felt of me. That Filipino-Pinoy connection with your fellow Filipino there. So yeah. Taylor, who do you have with your coach pick? Your team, Taylor, is Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardway, Ray Allen, Eddie Jones, Adonis Haslam, and Ronnie Sykley. Who do you have coaching you all?
0: So I was really bummed I got the last pick because I didn't get to choose between the two coaches who've won NBA championships for that organization. But
1: <laughs> and there's only
0: like six coaches, and three of them have losing records or losing win percentages. So uh, I'm gonna go with Stan Van Gundy. I think it's an obvious, you know, yeah. pick here. Went to knees, you know, went to a conference finals, coached in an All Star game. I'm Not sure Pat Riley can say that with the heat. Um, <laughs> higher winning percentage in the regular season than Spolstra and Riley. So I'm surprised he slipped so far here to me. Um, he just, you know, he's a solid coach. You know, sometimes he can have some funny insight, uh, you know, in the studio and whatnot. Um, so they they were good, but they weren't championship level good. So that's why
1: Riley had to take over. But he's, he's the guy. I mean, I got to pick Stan. Yeah, no, no argument there. I think after Stan there's a ridiculous (laughs) drop where I would have to do a lot of research and Googling. So uh, yeah, I think that Stan Van Gundy is an appropriate three for the organization. Again, that's fairly new. So you're not going to get an argument from me. When I
2: think of Stan Van Gundy, I think of his uh, interesting takes. And I think, and also think of that video of him dribbling. I don't know if you guys ever seen it, but the dude has handles. So Taylor, <laughs> he has some handles. So.
0: And I just I just remember him and Dwight Howard, you know, arm around each other <laughs> with that awkward interview. That's an all-timer too. But, I mean, he's not a bad coach. He's good. I mean, we can space it and shoot threes. You know, Eddie Jones, Ray Allen, Tim Hardaway. I mean, these are some of the top three-point shooters in, in Heat history.
1: So he'll he'll figure it out. And we'll just put Zoe down low to to rebound and dunk. So in terms of makeup of our team, I think for me, I might have Sherman Douglas from point. I might just put, man, maybe I'll put Jimmy at two, Glenn Rice at three, LeBron at four just because, but even though I'm not talking to probably pay four, and then Shaq at five, and I'll put Mario Chalmers coming off the bench for me.
2: Yeah, I think that's, I mean, you're talking about positionally who they would guard, but I'm sure LeBron's going to have that ball
1: the majority of the time, so... How about Jose? Who, who? How do you have your team lining up? Um,
2: Dragic at the point, D-Wade, of course. I think I'm going to have Shane Battier starting, and I'm going to have Bam and Chris Bosh, and I have a scoring six-man off the bench and Jamal Mashburn. I really like... Um, the pairing of Bam and, and Chris Bosch because I think they're both versatile defenders and they both can, uh, well, Chris Bosch can shoot the three, Bam can um, pass the ball and just know how to run the offense. I'm kind of scared. I don't know if my guys are too thin to guard Alonzo Morning and Shaq but we'll figure that out when, when the time comes. Yeah, I
1: think your team is more like, I, I think if you're playing, your team played in today's era, I think you guys would ball out. Like I think mine's more of an old school type lineup where I think yours would be I, I, I wouldn't, I think for me, this is a lineup I could see in the NBA now and being really good at stretching the floor.
0: Yeah, I, like, I mean, I like the team, Jose. And I like that you want to bring Mash- Mashburn off the bench. So I think it's pretty – some good teams. I guess the teams are – they look a little bit better, you know, after we start drafting them than maybe what we think we're going to get. So um, I know for me, the way that I think I would separate or, you know, my starting five would be, you know, Tim Hardaway would obviously be my point guard. Uh, Eddie Jones and Ray Allen would be my two and three. And then I have <laughs> – I don't even know what I'm going to do. Haslam's going to play the four. I'm going to put Zoe at the five. And uh, Ronnie Cycli coming off the bench. I don't even know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll think it out. No, ta- obviously.
2: Ta- yeah. Ta- Taylor talked about how good our
1: teams were. And, like, uh, 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 he started talking about his and he immediately <laughs> changed his, his attitude. And so. Just you so know, he could, like, combine his team with ours. But
0: <laughs> You know, I feel like my team, like, there's certain things that they would be good at where you have to see him play. I mean, half my team didn't play in the 2000s, right? And only one one guy mostly recently, and that's Udonis Haslam. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, I don't have anyone on my team recently. Right, so, so it's let's hard talk to about that. Yeah.
1: Any, any things you would have done different, any regrets, as we've done this exercise for any of your teams or any guys?
0: You know, I think for me, I might have taken like a Steve Smith, you know, small forward type guy with my last pick, maybe to fit the team a little bit better than Cycli, if I'm looking at it now. Um, maybe I was thinking through, hey, I want to draft some of these guys. Yeah, um, but, that's,
2: but that's not normally your M.O. I think because, Taylor, you're normally the, I want to pick the Miami Heat guy. Yeah. I think that, I think that you, just, you just couldn't pick Steve Smith for your team. And over big and white, too. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and then, obviously,
0: Ray Allen, I, I don't think I can bring him off the bench like I would want to. And yeah. to say, hey, I'm going to put Cycli – has <laughs> them and so and like, yeah, that's not gonna work either so uh that's you know that's something to think through but i feel do you, like do you, feel
1: like, do you yeah. still feel confident in your ray allen going at three now that you see yeah you know i mean it's hard to tell because you're picking off you know what you think we might pick but i mean i think for
0: me too i didn't have like the top heavy name of like the lebron and the wade and so yeah. i feel like you know, Zoe and Hardaway just hits a little bit different when you're thinking about, hey, what's my favorite team? And so I'm thinking, hey, I got to get someone with a big moment where if I'm thinking about those championship years, I mean, I'm throwing in Allen in the big three, even though he really, (laughs) you know, he's sort of like an add-on, maybe big four, maybe not. Um, But he he had some good games and he had arguably, I think almost inarguably, the the biggest shot, maybe even in NBA history in one
1: sense. Yeah, Um, that shot just redid that whole series like I so I wanted
0: that iconic guy so I don't I don't regret it especially because I had the back end I don't think I would have gone there but I the third pick I think was not the pick to have for the Miami Heat when I was like looking through some of the names um, I would have much rather had the first or second pick I think here
1: yeah I think you were yeah I think that was tough because I, I think you're trying to be faithful to just franchise history so I did feel like Zoe and Tim Hardaway were, were good at picks at that time but when you see like Shaq Chris Bosch you know, I was wondering like, man, would it would it have been bad for Taylor to maybe go with like Tim Hardway Shaq or Zoe Chris Bosch? You know, like something like that. Sure. But so but I mean I understand why you did that. I don't think that yeah. And then by the time it got back to you, I think it was, it was harder to go. Cause I mean, yeah, you could have gone with Jimmy Butler instead of Ray Allen, but I think you were trying to <laughs> look at that impact, you know? It's the
0: antithesis of what I believe in as we do these draft podcasts to draft someone who's been with the team less than a year, Danny. So I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I, I don't think know you, on paper. It doesn't look as, as clean. I, think it's I don't know team. if,
2: um, me or Danny valued Ray Allen in that, in that spot. Cause, uh, Danny, did you have him on your board coming off maybe your fourth pick? Could Taylor have gotten him? Say say Taylor went with Eddie Jones and and then maybe like a Jamal Mashburn and then got Ray Allen. Um, Literally
1: the only guy left on my board is Grant Long. Like I was not going to take Ray Allen.
2: You weren't
0: going to take him at all? No. You you would take him – you would take Sherman Douglas over Ray Allen? You were like, hey – Sherman yeah. Douglas. If who, nobody Sherman, knows.
1: I'm, I'm using your logic,
0: <laughs> like Sherman Douglas. You were not using my logic with the first pick <laughs> or the fifth pick. You know, yeah, but,
1: yes. no, but, no Like he was, because no, he was there for less time, and I feel like Two by the four. time he got there, he was at the end, and he was just making those shots. I get it, but I think this was even after like his prime, and after. Yeah, Boston. this
0: was not Seattle Super Real, Yeah, agree. but I this think not Boston Celtics Real. I would agree.
1: But I think to me, he was just kind of brought in like one of those sort of mercenaries. I didn't have Shane Batty on my list. I almost saw him at Shane Batty (laughs) level.
0: Batty may have had a bigger impact in some sense or similar impact. But I think as we're drafting and thinking through some of these like iconic players for these moments, like I think these shots and these games, like I think they matter. So I I definitely, I valued it when I was thinking through. And I think if you're looking at some of the all-time greats, big shots and big moments is a way that people think through their favorite players and so that's where I had it and 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 if someone said hey you know he didn't start any games he didn't really do much I didn't have him on the team Um, I can definitely see that rationale I don't disagree
1: I think that's the beauty of us drafting this because for us it's just considering productivity consider fans consider everything as much as you can to Mm -hmm. make your calculated decision and just roll with it right and so I think that's what makes the conversations interesting on a Mm week-to-week basis where I think every time we draft a team, we kind of take a different approach. Because I think uh, this was probably the time where I just went with best player, I don't give a rip, for the most part, that I've done in this selection. And I think even uh, for Jose, even though before we've accused him more of going with, with best players, even though a lot of his guys are, like, more modern guys, for the most part, these guys were, like, more involved in Miami than maybe his previous things right so i just think it really depends on what franchise we go through and i do think that your team probably would have been different if you were the first or second pick you know given what was out there
2: yeah did you guys want to talk about uh players we did not draft
1: yeah what are some guys that we, we we left out here what do you guys have i mean obviously white side what did you all think about white side
0: He's got the numbers. He's got the talent. I mean, obviously, he's got those blocks. Was he defensive player of the year? I don't think. Was he? Did he think win he, one? Let me see. I know he's an all
2: defensive like team guy for sure. He 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 did have he a was, lot of numbers. He was second team all defense in his peak year, 2015-2016. I think I just listened to too many podcasts that like focus, <laughs> on, focus on analytics that just say that like. Hassan so Whiteside is, is not is not yeah. a good defensive player how he'll just go for blocks but he's actually not really protecting the rim and like getting rebounds so
1: and people don't like get offended i mean he's he's a guy averaging 18.6 points and 15.8 rebounds in his five season with miami and all of us were like nah <laughs> so. yeah, i mean i probably
0: should have i mean i probably he's probably better than cycling i probably should have picked him one since i mean he, i think he was having a top 10 NBA fantasy here, even this year with yeah, the yeah no he's, he's he's leading the he's a he's leading a beast, league in yeah. blocks this year. He's been efficient. He's got the points. He's got the obviously his I don't know if his free throw shooting has gotten him any better, but that's you know I I have regrets in my last pick. So Whiteside Steve Smith was another guy that I was thinking through. You know mm-hmm. who was you know a rookie there on the first team. I think we didn't take white chocolate at all. Jason Williams, an all-time favorite player. Uh, for, of mine. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Those would be some of the guys. But
2: the only guys I had on my list, but um, I considered, was Josh Richardson, more modern player. Um, sure, he had some good numbers for them. PJ Brown, um, but he was more of a like just a tough guy role player. And then I think Danny talked about it earlier about uh, Ray Allen being a mercenary. Just thinking about that that Heatles team and all these guys who played with them, like Mike Miller. There's Eric Dampier greg odin like we're not drafting those guys <laughs> yeah. but just just thinking like all these guys came over there to try mike bibby came over there to try to yeah. win a championship
0: were we yeah. were we gonna take gary payton at all he was another one that yeah he was <laughs> i'm not sure maybe i'm not Antoine sure antwan walker <laughs> well you know i was watching the pj brown i was watching him flip over charlie ward earlier this week so i thought i was thinking about him and about he was just a really great role player and all those
1: fights they had with the Knicks. <laughs> so, uh, well, I think we're missing James one goes, good
2: one. Yeah. James
1: Posey. Yeah. He was, there yeah, for a while. totally. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of more old school. Like I think when I looked at a lot of this stuff, there was like Askins, Grant Long, uh, a lot of folks had like Dan Marley, mm. just kind of like the guys you described, Jose were like, they're <laughs> kind of guys that you know, maybe you maybe follow their mold. and became like the main guy for that, like, their numbers are not going to pop out, but they're going to, like, go on the floor, get after balls. They're going to contribute in small ways and kind of be role players. So I feel like the Miami Heat, the franchise is top-heavy. And I think after that, you kind of have more of these role players that are very specific to what they do. And then, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that that was, again, I think it was harder to pick towards the end of what you were going to go with. And I think that's why it made that difference so hard when you're thinking about just symbolically what they meant for the franchise and, like, productivity. I feel like there comes a point where, like, that divide gets wider and wider as you move forward. Right. Yeah. So like, so, even if you, t- even if you did take someone like white chocolate, like, like, <laughs> you're, like, you're like, what was he with like three seasons, two seasons, Miami. Heat? Sure. So it's just like, how do you, how do you, yeah. How do you weigh that out? Yeah. So even with Sherman Douglas, I was like, dude, I, I have to pay some respect kind of to the start of the franchise. So I'm just going to go with this guy. Right. So
0: it's fun. Yeah. No, it's nice little draft here, Danny. It's good to put this together.
1: All right. So our next team is going to be the San Antonio Spurs. So we hope that you all will join us next time. Uh, This was fun. It was great looking at the Miami Heat franchise and I'm excited about our next team.